We've been going through the Gospel of John for the purposes of finding and strengthening our faith. But just like during Jesus' time, in our time, having faith in Jesus is not for the faint of heart or the timid. We see those who misunderstood him and misunderstood his followers. They also attacked them, persecuted them, and viewed them as leading others astray. Very much like we see today. So come with us and see how his followers reacted to such intimidation. And that song that we just sang talks about there has never been and there will never be a God like you because his love is great. And yet there are those who seem to read the Old Testament and the New Testament and see two different gods. I encourage you, if you think the Old Testament has a different God than the New Testament, you read the Old Testament again. Because in the Old Testament, you'll find a God who hates evil and loves his people. You see a God who... Even when his people are complaining and backbiting and are faithless, he is faithful in providing a way for their salvation and their redemption. So he is a God like no other God. He is a God who loves us. And so um, I have a bit of a problem. Let's see if I can fix it. I did. Hey, the monkey's getting better. When we last took a look at the Gospel of John, Jesus had gone up privately to Jerusalem during the Feast of Booths, Chakot. But then Jesus did what Jesus does. He taught in the temple. And while teaching in the temple, there were those who um, were in opposition to him. And the Pharisees decided to have Jesus arrested. Because Jesus did things like say, if you thirst, come to me and I will give you living waters. This isn't the first time he said that he said that very same thing to the woman at the well. But now he broadcasted. And I think at an appropriate time, because as we shared during this feast day, during the millennial kingdom, it is said that if we do not, the nations do not go to Jerusalem during this holy day, that God won't send that nation rain. And so Jesus is talking about giving them living waters. And the writer, John, explains in case we don't catch what he's doing, he's saying that Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit because it hasn't yet come because Jesus hadn't been glorified. And as a result of this teaching and Jesus crying out, um, it says this. So, so some of the people, therefore, when they heard 
these words were saying, this certainly is the prophet. Now, when you see the prophet, they're talking about the prophet that was uh, testified of in Deuteronomy. So they're saying, this is obviously who Jesus is. But then we have in a controversy and, uh, and still others. I'm having problems here. And still others. This is the Christ. Still others were saying, surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? And so um, they kept having a debate about who Jesus is. Some people have an understanding of maybe he's a prophet. Maybe he's the Christ. Maybe he's somebody else. And there are those who don't have a clue about anything and says, well, wait a minute. There isn't a prophet that comes from Galilee. Well, the Messiah wasn't going to come, quote unquote, from Galilee. That's not where his birthplace is. But as we've been told, Jesus's birthplace wasn't in Galilee. But there's no statement that no prophet ever come from Galilee because there were a whole bunch of prophets who came from all over Israel. So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. And so we see this division because everybody has an opinion, like everybody has a belly button. And so everybody's got to give their opinion, and they say, this is who he is, and this is who he is, and this is some of the problems. And so instead of having an agreeable disagreement, there's a division. And it sounds like our culture today no one can have a, a, a disagreement. There becomes a division. But those of us who've come to faith understand that faith is not for the timid or the faint of heart because when we talk about having faith in Jesus, there always seems to be a division. And we will be subject to ridicule. People will say, oh, well, if you need a crutch, then you can believe in Jesus. Or they'll say, oh, well, Jesus was a great teacher. Well, what did Jesus teach? That he's the son of God. So if he's a great teacher, then follow his teaching, because his teaching is he's the son of God. And then there are still others who will say, well, you can believe whatever you want, because we all end up in the same place. And that disagreement and that ridicule will eventually turn into persecution. And so if you're going to have faith in Jesus, then you need to be courageous because there will be people who will not disagree with you quietly. They'll try to shout you down. And so... It goes on with that and it says, So some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. And so there were those who were going to try to arrest him, those who wanted to stone him or whatever, to persecute him, because they didn't like his teachings, because his teachings were about him. The reason no one could lay their hands on him, because God is sovereign always. 
and Jesus's time had not yet come, there would be come a time when they would seize him at night. There would come a time when they would arrest him and mock him and beat him, slap him and crucify him, which was at the exact time that God had ordained. But this is not the time. And so their plans and their their attempts to minimize Jesus's teaching and to seize him, arrest him, is going to be over. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, why did you not bring him in? So they come back with the charge of arresting Jesus. They come back without him. And so the Pharisees are going, wait a minute. We sent you to arrest him. How come you didn't bring him back? Reasonable question. The officers answered, never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. If you listen to what Jesus said, no man has ever spoke that way who was sane. There's a lot of people who claim to be God. But Jesus will prove it because he is raised from the dead. But Jesus teaches not like I teach. I teach based on what he said. But because of who I am, I don't have perfect knowledge and perfect communication. But Jesus is authoritative because he wrote the scriptures and he's been sent by the Father to testify about the Father and him. And so he knows of what he's talking about. It's not academic. It's not even practical. It's actual. Because he knows of what he speaks. And so certainly no man has ever spoken. And so they are captivated Captivated by Jesus' teaching. And there are a lot of people who are captivated by Jesus' teaching. But they never become followers of him. They think what he teaches is fine. They hope that there is a God. And they hope that they're included in his plans. But they don't want to pay the cost of what following Jesus and his teachings mean. Because Jesus will say, if you want to follow him, pick up your cross and follow him. And in today's culture, which is not too much unlike other cultures, we are very narcissistic. It's all about us. It's even frustrating. A lot of Christian songs, and and I like Christian music and I play it and whatever, but it seems that the high proportion of Christian songs It's about what God has done for me. That that he came through for me. That when I was anxious, he gave me peace. And it's all about me, me, me. Rarely do we hear a Christian song that says, this is what I want to do to God. Praise you. Honor you. Bless you. But we're so narcissistic. Even in our worship, it's not worship of him. It's worship of how wonderful we are. Jesus is so lucky to have me 
That's his fault. Never has there been a man who's spoken the way this man spoke. The Pharisees then answered them, you have not also been led astray, have you? So they are now going to ridicule and hold them in contempt. Wait a minute, we sent you to do a job, and you got captivated by this guy's teaching. Have you been laid astray? It wasn't, you're not following. It's obviously Jesus is wrong. Have you been captivated by him? Has he led you astray? And again, in today's world, that's what we'll find. When you find the courage to say that I'm a believer, there will be people who will ridicule you and say, well, again, if you need a crutch, that's fine for you. But I don't. No one of the rulers of the Pharisees has believed in him, has he? So they're saying, have you been led astray? But we haven't, no one of the rulers has. When you hear that, start to think about who it is who is speaking. Because I don't want to be in their group. Just because they didn't believe didn't mean that's not the right thing to do. Oftentimes, the majority is wrong. When they sent the spies to seek out the promised land, they sent 12. 10 came back with a majority report and said, we can't take it. They're too big. We're too little. Woe is me. Two, the minority report said, yes, we can, because God told us we could. The entire nation decided to follow the majority report. They are saying, we're the majority. We're the, we're the learned people. We're the smart ones. Again, like today. Oh, if you have to have faith, because you've you got to have the God in the gap. You don't understand something, so you put God there. You don't understand something, so you put something else there. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Science tells us that a comet can only last 10,000 years because of the snow and ice on it, and that after 10,000 years, it would all be depleted. But science also tells us that the, that the um, universe has been around for billions of years. Well, if it's been around for billions of years, you can't have comets that are only there for 10,000 years. Unless you come up with faith and say, there's an orc cloud. Well, have you seen it? No, but we believe it. You're criticizing me because I believe in a God. And you're saying you're smart because you believe in a cloud that produces ice. I'll take my God every day. Just saying. But this crowd, which does not know the law, is a curse. So they're saying, not only are we the smart ones, they're the stupid ones. They're a curse because they don't know the law. 
Well, guess what, guys? You're supposed to be the Pharisees. You're supposed to be the rulers and the teachers of the law. So why don't they know the law that you're saying that they should know? So maybe you should quit your job because the people are cursed because they don't know the law. So you see, they reveal their lack of knowledge and understanding and ignorance by their accusation. Nicodemus, who came to him before being one of them, said to them, Our law does not judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing, does it? So they're saying, well, we know the law. So Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee, says, okay, guys, I'm going to give you the law. The law says we don't prejudge. We give a person an opportunity to be heard. We call it due process here in in the United States. We don't judge before we hear. So you haven't given Jesus an opportunity to explain himself, so we don't judge for that. So he is using the law against them. So do you think they would repent? Oh, no. They answered him, you are not also from Galilee, are you? Notice what they're saying. The people from Galilee are a bunch of hills. In our, it would be like saying in the 1950s, you're from Alabama. Or you're from the Appalachian Mountains. You're just stupid. You have a weird speech. And, and that's presented because when, when Peter starts preaching, they'll say, well, wait a minute. How did this guy get so knowledgeable? Because he's a Galilean. He's not supposed to know these things. And so they, again, ridicule Nicodemus by saying, you must be from Galilee. You must be one of those stupid hicks. Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. And again, they are right back to the very same problem. Yes, The Messiah wasn't born in Galilee. But nothing says you can't move there. Actually, Jesus moved several times. He went from Bethlehem to Egypt to Nazareth to Capernaum. He was an itinerant preacher. He wasn't broke. He wasn't poor. He didn't get us because he was poor. He he gets us because he's God. Again and again and again, they attempt to ridicule when they only show their own ignorance. So, how do we respond today? When we state that Jesus is the Son of God, that I believe, and I don't believe blindly, I believe because his teaching and who he is is consistent with the Scripture. And he was raised from the dead consistent with the Scripture. There's going to be one who's going to raise from the dead, who's going to get a head wound. And he will rise 
according to the scriptures. But instead of being the Messiah, he's the anti-Messiah, or as we call it, the Antichrist. We see what the scriptures say, and we take a look, and we say, he matches the scripture. So I don't believe blindly. I have reason for my belief. So, when you're accused of being stupid, a hick, somebody who didn't get a proper education, who doesn't speak well, simply say, I'll pray for you. Because when you find somebody who is that contemptible about who we are, you're not likely to change their minds then. Not saying you won't be able to change their minds at all. But it's like somebody who comes from a different faith. I'll let you fill in the blank. There are some who like to knock on our door. There's a couple of denominations I'm thinking of. You can have a wonderful theological discussion about how they're wrong. But they're not there for you to convert them. They're there for you, them to convert you. They're on a ministry trip. You can't change somebody who's on a mission. You need to wait for them to be off the mission. And then they might be able to be listened to and to hear you. So you say, I'm going to pray for you. And you ask God to give you a more opportune time to present the gospel to them. And that we do so lovingly, passionately, just as whoever shared the gospel with us did so for us. And even if no one shared the gospel compassionately with us, God was compassionate because even though I was a sinner, he died for me. He showed me mercy. He showed me grace. Even when I was an enemy of his. And so when we are confronted by those or enemies of his and us because we follow him, we should, in mercy and grace and love, respond. My natural tendency, I, I'm one of those people who would like to just get along, but when I'm ready to fight, bring it on. You know, I, 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 you know it's like, but you can't beat the heavyweight champion of the world. That's okay. I'm going to try or I'm going to die trying because I'm ready to go. You need to take a breath and say, hey, God, how did you treat me when I didn't understand, when I was ignorant, when I was stupid? Help me to treat them, not the way they're treating me, 
but the way you treated me. Because you will never convince them you are right by doing so wrongly. You will only convince them of being right when you live a life consistent by what you teach, consistent by what he said. And I have discovered in my many years of following Jesus, non-believers will do nothing to help you to believe and to follow your life. And they are secretly wanting you to succeed. Because if you do, then that means it's real. That Jesus is real, that he is the son of God, and you've committed your life to them. But if you fail, then they'll say, I don't need to change my life. Because you said you believe it, you don't act like it. So I don't have to change But if we live a life consistent with what we believe and teach, it puts the onus on them to understand. So this one that we worship, this one that we say is the son of God, they keep talking about being a prophet. And yes, he is a prophet. He's also a king. He's a king of kings and lord of lords. And he is a priest because he presently sits in the temple in heaven, awaiting for the Father to say, Now it's time to come back. And he will leave the temple as its chief priest and bring us home. He's prophet, he's king, he's priest, and he is and was and always will be the son of God. They only know him partially. Was he a prophet? Is he a prophet? Hopefully, we understand more of all of who he is. Prophet, priest, king, son of God. And in a moment, we're going to sing only king forever because that's who he is he's not a king for a day or a queen for a day he's not a priest for a day he's not a prophet for a day he's not the son of god for it he's all of those things forever forever past and forever future and we and put our faith in him because he is faithful. And as I said, and I've been faithful to him several times. Let us try to live our life consistent with who we say he is. All about you.